today on The Breakdown. There aren't that many people who I don't like, but today we're going to talk about one of them in depth because today we are finally, after so many requests on the podcast only, doing the hashtag King Christian Soto hand from Live at the Bike. It took place last March. Oh, man, there is a lot of crazy things that happened, and he is a detestable human being. Let's not forget about that either. We're going to break it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You claim you're talking about hashtag king, of course, not Christian Soto. That is true. Christian Soto, as far as I know, is a perfectly good guy, and I got no, no beef with Christian Soto in any way at all. If, if anything, the opposite. If anything, I'm, I, I think he seems like a very interesting and seemingly nice guy. Now, of course, there are multiple answers for multiple reasons to this, but yeah. who do you detest more? Hashtag king or the guy we did a video yeah. and podcast about last week, Chris Ferguson? Hashtag king. Really? Yes. Even though Chris Ferguson stole $70 million, hashtag king. Stole, I'm sure he actually has stolen money, but I have no proof of that, and I doubt it's anything close to that much money. Um, hashtag King to me is way worse of a person. What do you think? I think he's um, certainly viscerally worse. Like you have yeah. this kind of reaction to him because of he's such a jerk. Yeah, but I don't know what Chris Ferguson did is pretty messed up. That is true. That's it's hard to argue, but I guess what Chris Ferguson did is about like greed, which I guess. I understand at least what okay. hashtagging does is just about cruelty and I don't understand it. So All maybe right. that's what it is. Fair enough. Like hashtagging, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's easy to like watch videos of this guy being the worst person in the world. He um, named himself hashtag King. That's not the bad part though. No, either. but that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously bad. I mean, there's a famous thing from uh, poker night in America where he says things to Sean Deeb that are so deeply detestable. He's talking about Sean Deeb's wife and really saying very, very unflattering things about her, which, of course, ultimately reflects on Hashtag King as being unflattering. But this is not things you would ever say to someone about their wife um, on TV, by the way, even yeah. worse. The whole thing is just somebody you don't even know, pretty much such a uh, yeah, I, I'm so deeply offended by that. I guess it's possible if we never got paid back on the Chris Ferguson thing, I would I would still argue differently. So maybe it's not fair because you would have personal money tied up in Chris Ferguson's bank account. Yeah, but I ended up getting, I ended up getting that paid back. Not by him. He ended up keeping his yeah. share of it. Um, so maybe if, if I, also maybe if I had more, I, you know, I got like whatever, $9,000 or something back. That's what was on my full tilt account at the yeah. time. If I had, you know, a million dollars and it never got it back, I might feel like that's right. like, whatever, you can say whatever you want. Sticks and stones, man. Give me my money, you know? You know, Blair so, Hinkle had a million dollars. I do know He that. was the guy who had the most, right? That's what I was thinking of. I don't yeah. know if he had the most, but he I had I think a lot. he did because he had just won a big tournament. Yeah. There's probably some high rollers who might have had more. Possibly. Anyway. Possibly. But yeah, Blair Hinkle had a million bucks and it took him, what, two and a half years to get it. Yeah. There's like a Poker News article about that. He had to go back. Like he had a lot of his money tied up there and he like had to go back to playing two five and stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. He did get it though. So it must have felt real. I mean, it felt nice to get the nine and so I'm sure it felt yeah, I had like to get the million. I had like 3,500. It felt nice yeah. to get that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Hashtag King also often, you know, has videos of himself like trying to get people to get in fights with him. I think so he can sue them or something. I don't know. He's an awful person. I actually have uh, on Twitter refused to do videos in, uh, with Hashtag King in them because I don't want to give him any publicity. But I figure what the hell we can do a podcast because this is a freaking cool hand, Grant. Okay. Daniel Boston, the guy who suggested this, 
pushed back and when I said we're never going to do anything with him. He said, why not podcast only, though? Yeah, and that was fair. And we have we don't have the other suggestors from when the hand came out because yeah. we assumed we weren't ever going to do it. Yeah, so sorry, guys. I know there were a bunch of you, but we just deleted it because we, we knew we weren't going to do it. Right. Um, we were wrong. <laughs> by the way, if I sound a little funny, I do have a bit of a cold, so I apologize for that. You might hear a sneeze or a sniffle, you know? Thanks for the warning. I need a... I think I speak for everyone. I need to be tended to, you know? <laughs> That's what... That's what they say about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So should we get into the hand? Let's do it. This is a cool hand, guys. All right. Live at the bike. It's a 5-10-20 game. So 20 is effectively the big blind. Right. Um, it's, a, it's an auto straddle. for sure. Christian Soto, who is the founder of Red Chip Poker. Nope. Solve for why. No, also Red Chip Poker. Really? Yeah. Ah, wrong again, me. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. And solve for why. <laughs> okay. Um, has he's a very good player yes yes very good um, he's a game theory expert true expert that's neat yeah um he's got ten thousand dollars in front of him ten thousand one hundred seventy five dollars in front of him he's got ace queen offsuit ace of diamonds queen of hearts plus one he makes it one hundred dollars yeah this is something that i often see like when we're doing our commentary on poker time i feel like people don't size it up enough especially right. when there's a blind raise people yeah. are making it 45 over the, X. over the 20 blind raise, they're making it 45. And it's just a big mistake. And yeah. Christian Soto obviously understands you have to make it bigger when it's 5, 10, 20, and people are incentivized to call. Yeah. So I like his sizing here. He knows what he's doing. And this sizing is the first clue. He 5Xs it. Yeah. It seems right. And uh, then we get the hashtag king in the hijack. And his sizing, not a big fan of, because he has 5, 6 of diamonds. Right. He 3 bets. He has about 10K in front of him as well, 98, 95. He three bets with five, six of diamonds against the plus one razor, which is probably not a good idea in the first place. Don't but love it, especially can, when we're both 500 blinds deep. But you can do it if you really want to. Of course you can. You can, but it's really fine to call. But when we have a hand that we want to sometimes win with preflop, yeah. we probably shouldn't make it 225 over 100. <laughs> That's true. That makes it really strange. We have zero fold equity. Zero. zero. Absolutely like, zero. Christian Soto's calling with 100% of his range here. Or, or raising. Oh, of course. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, he's not. He's never. Fold, he's folding zero percent of his range. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. This is this is someone who has no idea what he's doing. Clearly, right? Like, what is the point of making it two twenty five? Is there anything redeeming about it? You take uh, initiative away, so that way you can win more often post flop. You get heads up more often, but you, this is a hand that doesn't demand to be heads up. This is a hand that you don't mind being multi way. This is another reason to just call when you're yeah. five hundred blinds deep. But like you said, you really can three bet it. A reasonable three betting amount would be like $450, right? That's the exact amount I was thinking of. Like, yeah. Soto's going to have to fold the bottom of his opening range. Here. Absolutely. I mean, if you have ace-jack, you just got to fold it. Or ace-10. You could have ace-10. Yeah. You don't really love ace-queen here either, honestly, if but it's not suited. you probably fold or call for 450 you, you call, but you're like, Ugh, so many bad things happen. But you probably have to call. Yeah. But Especially against this guy, as it turns out. This guy's a, a freaking crazy I mean, person. Just to put it in basic terms, it's such a clear mistake to make it so that you will never get a fold with a hand that part of the value of three betting with is that you sometimes get folds. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like I said, it's a guy who just doesn't have any clue what's up right now. And with this with this with this part of the game anyway. Maybe he understands other things, but he just thinks like, "Oh, I'm just going to three bet cuz I'm three betting and doesn't have any sense of sizing or honestly anything else." <laughs> like again, this this hand is such a good candidate, especially against an expert player like Soto to potentially just flat with as opposed to three bet. I guess it's fine to mix in some three bets too if you size it correctly. You could also fold, by the way. That's fine. Although folding when you're this deep, probably you shouldn't. Right, but Soto opened plus one. Yeah. His range is very strong and three bets could come behind you. You know, Absolutely. I, I think it's not insane to fold. Okay. I think the only insane thing you can do with this hand is three bet to this amount. <laughs> like, yes. That's the only bad thing you can do. Right. 
You can call. It's fine. You can fold. It's fine. You can make it 450. It's fine. Okay. Making it 225. Horrible. Horrible. We're going to say enough things about hashtag King that he punches us on video and we get to sue him. Yes. Unfortunately, I don't think he has any money to give us. No, that's true. Yeah. But I, I hope he listens to this podcast and is sad the whole time. <laughs> I don't like this guy at all. I've never met him. I've just seen the videos, but I, he's one of the few people I have, I have true enmity towards. Do you think he's just playing it up for the cameras to try to be a, a brand? I guess it's possible. But you know what? If you, if you decide to play it up this way to be a brand, then you get everything you deserve. You know what I mean? Then you get the hate that you get because yeah. like, you could play it up other ways. You don't have to be the worst person in the world. If this right. is the only thing you got, then you don't really have anything at all. And he did create a brand a little bit. I'm, I'll say that. but A little bit. I guess that's kind of what Helmuth does, right? I think yeah. he's playing it up a little bit sometimes I do too. To, to be a brand. That a little out, bit. That worked out extremely well for him. But he's also not the worst person in the world. He goes slightly over the line and whines a lot, but that's it. And it's more entertaining than anything else, right? He's, he's mostly a person I very much don't like. I'm going to say that about how Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know if I would go that far personally. I don't know. Some of the stuff he does, it's just like... It's a, it's a little grating. I'll give you that. Like his... That time a couple months ago, we did a podcast on him, and he wasn't even in the hand, and he was on TV and had to mention he was on the New York Times bestseller oh, list. Oh, that was Like bad. stuff like that, you know? That was pretty just bad. Just the type of... Like, come on, hanging out with Phil Helmuth would be a disaster. No one would choose to hang out with Phil Helmuth. <laughs> <laughs> this is our podcast. This is, we've done like a week of detestable people, I guess, you know? We I got, guess so. Chris we Ferguson. Ferguson. We got, we got Hashtag King, and then we're talking about Helmuth. Who's next? Who's Mike left? Mattisau. We could talk more about Mike yeah, Mattisau. Yeah, Mike Mattisau is a good one. Who else is horrible? I know. That's what I'm trying to think yeah. of. Like, Tony G's a delight. No, I love Tony G. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the best. <laughs> I guess people who like cheat. But are there, oh, yeah. Russ, Russ Hamilton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get back to this hand. Or not. We don't have to. Who you, else? you gave me a look like who that. Was, it's I, too I soon. Just, I'm not done. <laughs> who else do we hate in poker? I want I don't to figure know. it out. I don't know who else it's I hard. hate There's nothing off the top of my head. Howard Letter or Chris Ferguson. But, yeah. I, but honestly, like, yeah, I, I hate Hashtag King more. Well, he's more explicitly awful. Yeah. Except for when you run the numbers. The numbers of the 70 million. The money, yeah, the money. Um, okay, so... Hashtag King makes this terrible three bet to 225. Everybody folds back to Soto. Right. It's probably standard just to call. Would you consider three betting because four, four of the betting. size? Or four betting, yeah. Because of the size? I would not. Okay. Just because I feel like we're open. Why reopen the action? Why, why, why inflate the pot also with this hand, which is going to miss a lot. And even when we hit, unless we slam, we're just going to like be you know bluff catching mostly, right? Yeah. So why would we want to reopen the action? It's so cheap just to call. We're getting great odds. We're out of position also. I like just calling. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Um, if we've seen hashtag King do a lot of this before, yeah. we can consider punishing him here because yeah. we have a pretty good hand and we assume he doesn't just have good hands when he does this. Yeah. Uh, but if we're relatively new to, to playing against this guy, then I think it's a flat. Hashtag King is also the kind of guy who just might five it just because he feels like it, which yeah. sort of sucks when we have this hand. Yeah, I agree. Out of position. Yeah. Based on this hand, the way he plays it and his general vibe, he kind of gives me a throw... Hashtag King I'm talking about. Gives me kind of a throwback feel to like the golden age of online poker, like 2008 when a bunch mm. of these flat brim hat kids were three betting every hand and like yeah. acting like they were rappers, kind of, you know, like the way Hashtag King kind of seems to try to do. There's a whole other thing going on yeah. here, which is not about the game itself. It's like a machismo thing. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. And those people were effective for a while, by the way. Yeah. 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 And then people started to adjust and yeah. now those guys don't exist anymore. Right. You know, they've been blinked out of uh, reality. They're no, 
Yeah. Wow. That's what happens. They didn't even die. They've no. just been exiled from reality. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's it's like imploding, but it's not actually imploding because there's no there's no matter that remains. Correct. Yeah. It's 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 like you you don't you aren't with us. You see so what I'm saying? <laughs> the physical law of the preservation of matter does not apply to these people. Oh no. Oh no. It does not. So That's the universe right. gets a little bit smaller <laughs> every single time one of these guys goes away. Yeah. Which most of them are now gone. So it's okay. Okay. The universe constantly expanding, except when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. We're going to have to get Bill Nye on this thing. I was thinking Neil deGrasse Tyson, but whatevs. Yeah, he's kind of better for that yeah, stuff. And all, and all the ways. All the ways, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Man, Bill Nye had such a following, and then he had that show that just bombed so bad, and everybody's like, ah, I hate Bill Nye now. I don't even know what show you're talking about. He had a show on Netflix that was like big hype. It was about six months ago. Yeah. And it came out. I watched the first 10 minutes. I was like, this is garbage. Really? And everybody felt the same way. Huh. Yeah, he kind of lost all his... He had a big momentum train going. He did, actually. Yeah, he lost it all. Well, we're still talking about him, so I guess he's doing he something right. He didn't get right. out of existence yet. <laughs> anyway, we have 485 in the pot. Soto, plus one with ace, queen, offsuit, diamonds, and hearts. Hashtag king with five, six of diamonds. Um, heading to the flop. The flop is deuce of spades, queen of clubs, ten of diamonds. Good flop for Soto. Yeah, not a good flop for the king of the hash. He does have two back doors, diamonds and straight draws. He's got running sixes and running fives. Those are both great. Yeah, that's about it. All right, so Soto's going to check. I don't see anything to do besides check here. Yeah, it seems very clear. Hashtag king bets $915. Remind me the size of the pot one more time. 485 That's what I thought you were going to say. What's up, with, what's up with that? Hashtag king... Well, this is what I said when we watched the video just before, like seven minutes ago, before we started recording this. I said, well, at least he's polarized, you know, like he's not doing this with ace 10. I give him that. So he's saying I have a set kings or aces, basically. Yeah. Why would we bet this much with those hands, though? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, right? It isn't like it's a wet board. No. I this mean, goes back to hashtag king. I feel like having no idea at all what's going on. Like if, if this was a super wet board, if it was like jack 10 of hearts, and then a deuce of clubs, and he's got a set of tens. He's like, you know, I'm just going to bet 9.95, and he's going to call with the things he's going to call with. He's going to fold the things he's going to fold, and it's fine. And maybe he'll just lose his mind. Also, when you're sizing like this as a bluff, there is certainly a point of diminishing returns where, like, yes, the difference in the types of hands that that Soto's going to fold when we bet 400 versus this is so minuscule. Right. There's no reason to bet this much. Agreed, a hundred percent. Even if you want to, even if you say, you know, 400, it's a cash game. I'm going to size it up even a little more with my image. I'm going to make it 550. Sure. I'm going to go a little nuts here and bet a little more than the pot on the flop. That's huge. That The difference between that and, what is it? 9.15. 9.15 is, like you said, essentially minuscule in terms of, the, like, maybe you fold out one more hand. Yeah. Maybe you don't because the sizing is so weird. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the same hands yeah, that call. Yeah, which is horrific when you are when you have six high with only two backdoors. Like, I imagine Soto's calling, if he knows anything about hashtag king, with any 10 or any queen for this size. For yeah. the 915 even. I think he, if he knows anything about him at all, he's going to have to call. Right. And if Soto has something like, I don't know, two sevens, he's going to fold for a normal bet anyway. Most yeah. of the time. I mean, I guess if he has got something like exactly King Jack or Jack nine suited. Yeah. Or, if he has an open ender, maybe he decides to he fold. He might just fold. Instead of um, call. But he's not going to have Jack nine suited very often. Very often he opened plus one. He's not going to have King Jack very often. He opened plus one. Those are both going to be suited every time, I think. I think so. And he may not open all his Jack-9 suiteds anyway, depending on how the table's playing. He might not open any of them. Yeah, he may not. He's, he's probably... I, I would, I'm sure he's opening all four combos of King-Jack suited. I assume he's probably not opening all combos of King-Jack, though, unless this table's crazy soft, right? Yeah. 
with with the straddle in there too. Like, what does he care? Maybe, maybe he feels like I've got some blockers. I'm going to open. Maybe. So then maybe maybe once in a while he can have King Jack and this is going to be really wonderful for us. But mostly this is just trashy. This is bad. I mean, if if we bet 400, let's say like a okay. normally big sizing. Yeah. Soto's probably going to fold two nines. And maybe he'll call with two nines. Right. But if we bet, and by the way, if we bet three fifty, it'll be the same thing. Yeah. Right? So he'll probably fold two nines. He'll probably call with two jacks, any ten, any queen. Yeah. He usually doesn't have kings or aces, but he's not folding those no matter what. Of course. So we're not gaining any advantage really by betting this much, except losing more when he has something. The only advantage is like the the king jack. Yeah. The king jack really might find a fold that that otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. Yay! Sixteen combos. No, more like four. I mean, come on, man. This is bad. Okay. So bad. All right. So now we're Soto and we're pr- pretty alarmed by the size. Yeah. But we have top top against a known crazy guy. Yeah. So we're not going to fold. We're never folding. And raising seems a little crazy. Yeah. Like we're in game theory disaster mode. It would feel like if we raise. Well, unless hashtag king is such an FU player that we can like raise small and he's going to shove whatever he has. Two jacks. Yeah. Or or what, or five, six suited. Maybe he'll just be okay. like, screw you, buddy. I'm all in. You but know? then we also have to call. Right, which we, that would be our plan, of obviously. Course. Yeah. It seems like optimistic for that to happen. Like the guy's just going to throw 500 blinds in here at us if we call a three bet and then check raise this flop when he doesn't have us beat. Like even if he does check raise, the, or sorry, even if he does move in, the times when he has us beat versus the times he doesn't is probably close. He might just move in with aces, kings, the same hand, sets, and once in a while an FU hand, which probably isn't good enough for us to call with anyway. Although we might decide. Yeah. If we check raise, I don't think we're folding. Don't get me wrong. But I, that's why I think we should probably just call and let him hang himself. Instead. I agree. I think it's a lot better to just let this guy bluff. There's almost nothing to be afraid of. A king is the only bad card for us, right? Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah, and this guy just bet like 45 blinds for no flop. <laughs> for no obvious reason. Yeah. So yeah, we just call and we're like, all right, let's see what happens on the turn. I guess, I guess we may end up all in on the river if I decide to call it down, which I may have to against this freaking guy. Yeah. Is he going to keep betting like this? So usually people don't keep betting like this. They just don't go, you know, two times spot, two times spot, two times spot, which is what it would take. Yeah. Yeah. When you're 500 blinds deep to start the hand, it's hard to get it all in with just one pair. But actually, he only has to go pot, pot. Now they think about it the rest of the yeah, way. Yeah, he does. He's really, set so. it up. He's really set it up to lose all his money, hasn't he? <laughs> he sure has. All right. So... Uh, Soto's going to call. Yeah. That makes sense. Believe it or not, guys, this hand is going to be fascinating. I swear. It doesn't sound that fascinating. It really is going to be fascinating. I'm a little fascinated by how bad the decisions are by hashtag king so far. Fair enough. But it's going to get, it's not just going to be about bad decisions even. Like this hand is actually really cool. Promise. You sound so desperate right now. I just want to make sure people don't bail on us because they're like, what the heck? This is so, this is just like horrible players against good players. They already count as a listen. That's a good point. Get out of here if you want to. Oh, it's because I want them for next time though. I want future listens. And we haven't done the ad yet either. Wait about two minutes and then you can bail because we're going to talk about Nitrogen Sports (laughs) Poker Room now. Uh, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a place that you can play with the poker guys. If you use the link in the description of this podcast, we have a very low buy-in tournament at the end of every month. We've already had one. It was bunches of fun. It was. Incredible overlay. I did not last very long. No, you did not. No. But that's okay, Grant. Yeah, that is okay. That's perfectly because fine. Because the people got their overlay. They, oh, it was. It ended up being something like a twelve or thirteen hundred dollar overlay. Yeah, it's that's unbelievable. And that's not in a prize pool of like fifty thousand. It's a twelve or thirteen hundred dollar overlay in a prize pool of like fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's, it was a point one millibit buy, and we're gonna have that again at the end of uh, this month. And we're, it's again gonna be a huge guarantee. There were what like sixty five people who played it or something yeah. like that. Uh, 
We, if you didn't play it, you got to get in on this. And of course, if you haven't signed up yet for Nitrogen, you got to use the link in the description when you sign up. The link in the description of this podcast, of yeah. course. That way you get access to this and other cool It's just Poker free Guys money. Stuff. And we'll, we're going to be playing it, so you get yeah. to play with us, which is fun as well. I mean, to put it in perspective, the total amount of buy-ins was 6.5 millibits. Mm-hmm. The guarantee was 100 millibits. Right. Like, that's how much free money we're giving away here on Nitrogen. I mean, it was basically a 15x your buy-in free roll. You know, this is it's unheard of. Yeah, it is legit unheard of. And we're doing it again. Yeah. Get in on this. People. Yeah, I don't know it how long. Amazing. I don't know how long they're going to let us do it. So just, I mean, really, you got to get in on this. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy not to be a part of this. It's by the way, it's not like this is one of those tournaments that takes 20 hours to play. either. No. It's fast, really fast. Like in a few hours, this thing will be over. That's what it always is because they got they have reasonable structures, but it's still an online structure. So it's great. Yeah, and it's a tiny buy-in, so it's not their best structure that they have to offer, which you should check out some of their other stuff. Of, yeah, of course. Of course. We'd like you to do nitrogen. other things yeah. on Nitro, too. But, like, definitely get in on this if you haven't yet. They have other things going on as well. They have sports betting. They have a casino. But they have all sorts of poker. We like them. They're good people. You know, check them out. And definitely use the link in the description. That's the most serious ad we've done for, I don't know, wow. millennia. It's true. We are always going to crazy jokeville. As soon as, like, I see it as, like, our opportunity to make jokes. Maybe it's because we've been crushing hashtags so much. I don't feel a need to be entertaining. I don't know. Yeah. We already talked about how when people disappear, their matter no longer <laughs> exists. That would, that's usually reserved for the ad. It's true. <laughs> yeah. The ad is always chock full of you know weird, good jokes. Yeah. Often the funniest part of the show, if you ask me. Not this time. Sorry. Often, often we speak of theoretical physics during the ad. This yeah. time we chose to do that during the ad. You got to get people on their toes, though. You, know? you never know what's coming. Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. So after Soto calls the flop, which was, by the way, Queen 10 deuce with one diamond. Hashtag king has five, six of diamonds. Uh, the pot is 23.15. Soto's got ace queen. Nice. The turn is the three of diamonds, which is one of the two nut cards for, for hashtag king. Yeah. He picks up these, the gut shot and the flush draw. Yep. The other one was, of course, the four of diamonds, for those of you out there wondering. They should, you're supposed to let them figure it out for themselves. I gave they're, them, they're a, never I gave them like 20 seconds. They can pause it, by the way, and take as long as they want. You know? All right. If you think so. I don't know if they did, though. Maybe the king of diamonds is better, because sometimes maybe we can get a fold then. Oh. Okay, fair enough. But from Hashtag's point of view, he'd rather see this card than... This and the four diamonds are the two cards he most wants to see. Yes. So. All right. So Soto's going to check. As it's the only thing that... I mean, he Hashtag king three bet and then bet twice the pot on the flop. I think that's all we can do with top top here. Yeah. I mean, how much is in the pot? 2400 bucks. 2315 23 to 15, and we have how much left? Like, you know, effectively, we've got like $7,800 left or something, right? Um, so. The effective stack remaining is 87.55. Oh, fantastic. So, like, we can absolutely end up being all in without us having to do all that much. Right, you know? and if we're the aggressor right now and he raises us, that gets a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Soto checks. Hashtag King is going to decide to bet again. Yeah. I think that's categorically a bad decision because that card is really not scary for whatever Soto has. That's true. And Soto decided to call 915 on the flop. Right. Like, what is our fold equity here? Not I mean, we're very trying to much. fold out ace 10. I would like betting better if we didn't pick up any equity and it's like we got to take a shot at it sometimes. Right. But we picked up a bunch of equity. Like, I think this is a time to just see a free card. Be thankful that we got some equity. It's not horrible. Also, uh, if we had... No, I guess if we had two aces, we probably would continue. 
we probably on would. this board. It's pretty it's pretty dry. There's not very much to be afraid of. Like queen 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 ten suited queen sometimes. ten ten ten. That's about it, yeah. right? So like well, also uh, deuce deuce. Okay, sure, deuce deuce. But Soto may not even be opening deuce deuce plus one. Although yeah, I don't might. think hashtag's thinking about this, but but he may not. He may just be folding deuces. But do you agree with me that it's better to check when we pick up this equity and he's called twice the pot on the flop already? Yes, I do. If if we had sized it normally on the flop, I think betting makes a lot of sense. I agree. If we bet, you know, two thirds of the pot, then yeah. he, then three seventy five. Yeah, so it was going to have a bunch of stuff that he's going to call the flop and fold the turn with, right? But he decided to call a two x pot bet. Yeah, he's saying like I really have something. He didn't even raise. He called out of position. Yeah, he's saying I have something real, which, which by the way, he does. Yeah, and maybe there's some of his range that he will take that line on the flop and fold to a turn bet with, but yeah. it's not a huge range it's, versus if we had bet normal on the flop. I agree completely, completely. So I don't think we're folding enough of the range out to justify a bet when we've picked up equity. Yeah. Um, but hashtag king does it again. Goes for 2300 into 2315. Yeah, he sure does. Is 2300 going to accomplish any more than 1500? Um... I think there's one thing it may do. We may feel pot committed with 2300 and we wouldn't be with 1500. Okay. So we sort of at least price ourselves into a more straightforward decision if we were to get raised. I guess. Because we're going to be getting two to one and that's about right if we uh, bet this much. But if we bet less and we were to get raised, we may not be getting the right price. That's all I got. Yeah. So what do you want to do with Soto now? Well, it seems like there's only one choice, right? The call. Isn't that the only? Isn't that the only possible choice? Why? Well, because if we were to, well, okay. First of all, fold, I guess you could decide to do anything, but let's talk about it. So folding doesn't seem like a good idea against this human being, right? So even though we're losing to all of his value at this point, I would say, yeah. Maybe you can have king queen and even be doing this. I don't know, but maybe almost all of his value for sure. This guy is too random and too out there and too crazy and his sizing is too weird. And we're Christian Soto. We can afford to lose $10,000 if we're wrong. It just seems crazy to fold. So we can't fold. I think we're going to call and hope a king doesn't come off on the river. That would be plan. That would be my thought. Okay. So let's talk about why raising doesn't seem like a good idea. Okay. I mean, it's your basic game theory disaster spot. Right. Where like if we were to raise, how can we get called by a worse hand? Would king queen call us? Maybe. Maybe this guy. Maybe this yeah. guy will call us with king-queen. But how many other hands besides king-queen would even consider calling if we check-raise here? King-jack of diamonds, maybe. Maybe. Well, king-jack of diamonds would call, I guess. Soto decides to move in. I know. So let's talk about a little bit of what he's doing here. Let's talk about the numbers. Let's so, do it. I'm so interested in this decision. Hashtag king bets 2300 into 2315. Yeah. So there's 4600 in the pot there. If we call, there's going to be 6,900 in the pot. Yeah. And the effective stack is going to be hashtag king with less than pot. A little less than a pot, little, right? By a little bit. He's going to have 6,500. Yeah. So about pot size left. Yeah. So we'll have a pot size shove on the river. Yeah. Which we can call comfortably. Yeah. I feel like that seems like the right move. What? To let him shove the river yeah me too so let's talk about why christian soto who is an expert and a game theory expert and has been in these situations a million times decides instead to move in rather than to just call which feels like the obvious play okay i have some thoughts good and 
They may not apply to hashtag King at all. Okay. They may just be because he knows this is a televised game. And for the sake of his game theory optimal play and his balance, mm-hmm. this has to be in his check shoving range at these sizes because he wants to have other hands in his check shoving range that are not value. Right. Like he wants to increase his not value here. Right. He wants to have the Jack nine of diamonds in here and maybe just random open enders that he has. I was going to say, yeah, Jack nine diamonds is probably fine for him. Yeah. He can still have Maybe that. he wants to have some tens that he turns into a bluff here where right. he, he check shoves to like try to get them to fold over pairs some of the time, stuff like that. And in order for that to be effective, he, he wants to expand his value to include top top. I hear that, but there's problems with that too, Obviously, right? Which yeah. is we're shoving 320 blinds more, sorry, 330 blinds, something like that. When we check shove on top. 330 blinds yeah. on top of the guy's bet uh, in a spot where it's really hard for him to call with the worst hand. Right. We have to have hashtag King have a hand like he has where he picks up this equity. Yeah. Then he was bluffing before. Like, let's think about how, how thin this strip is here. So there's, it's got to be a hand like that, like the King Jack of Diamonds, the 6-5 of Diamonds, the 6-4 of Diamonds, the 5-4 of Diamonds, mm-hmm. the Ace-5 of Diamonds, the Ace-4 of Diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. hands that can... No, we have the Ace of Diamonds. Oh, man, we got the Ace of Diamonds? Yeah. So that's not as many now. We got one, two, three, four, maybe five, five hands like this that I can think of. Maybe we can come up with a few more where he's going to call for, where he's probably going to have to call and we're way ahead. But the, the, all the other hands that he ultimately decides to call with, we're behind two, I think, except... Again, maybe King-Queen has to three-bet and then double the pot and then bet pot and then decide to call the check. Maybe you can have Queen-Jack or King-Queen of Diamonds. Those two are possible. Okay, okay, fair enough. He can maybe have those. Maybe Queen-Nine or Queen-Eight of Diamonds, too, because he might have just this massive three-betting range. Yeah. I don't think this is a nearly enough. I think there's got to be something else in play because it seems like almost all the time the guy puts chips in the pot, we're just screwed and we're actually giving him a, the right price to call with those other hands, by the way. Like, it's not even a mistake for him to call. Okay, so... so if he never makes a mistake, that's a problem. Let's forget about this specific hand. Okay. And talk about this situation. Great. Where somebody's three-bet, we're out of position. We go call, shove yeah. over, over their C-bet, and then continued C-bet. Okay. Okay? And where stack sizes are similar to this. Yeah. Is it possible that we're just... Not in this hand specifically. We don't have to think about the actual combos in this hand. We're just trying to expand that range to include more value, so it's a bit scarier when we do that. I mean, I really hear that, but I continue to have to like push back with the same point, which is what good is expanding to include more value if we only get snapped by better hands? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I, w- I love the idea of expanding both sides of the polarized range, but if we're not actually polarized anymore, meaning we don't have strong value when we're doing this, and, I, and check shoving, you know, 450 blinds or what it ends up being, because it's $8,000, $8,700 check yeah. boxes, right? Is like with, with one pair is not normal. No. <laughs> that is not, that is almost, it's almost impossible to get called by a worse hand when you do that normally. Yeah. So, this leads me to. I mean, may, may, I don't mean to like take it away from where you're going with this. So if you if you're trying to take us a place like no, I'm totally I'm, I I don't have too many further thoughts. At okay, the moment. you're just exploring it. Yeah, right? yeah, fair enough. I think it's a good thing to be asking that question, but I just feel like it's it's so counterbalanced or so like that's an idea, but the other side of it is so strong. Like 
I just don't know what we can get called with that we want to get called with here. Like we get called with something that has reasonable equity based on the price relating them or has this crushed. If that's the case, shouldn't we be calling instead and giving them a chance to bluff the river? Okay, so let's uh, let's expand this discussion a little bit and, yeah. and expand it by starting from the beginning mm. and ask, what are we check shoving for value Good. if not ace queen? Okay, we're check shoving. Boy, it's actually hard to come up with that many things. Sets? Right? Just sets? Do we just have sets and combo draws here? Yeah, I guess. Maybe maybe queen 10, two, top two. Yeah. Okay, so we have... That gives us a bunch of extra combos. All right, so if we have sets, that's nine combos there. Okay. Uh, top two is going to be suited, suited only, only, right? So it's two combos. Two combos. Okay, that gives us to 11. 11. All right. So that's 11 of pure value, and then yep. the combo draws are going to be king, jack, jack, nine, ace, king, and ace, jack of diamonds. But there's also some... No, we're not actually not going to... We're not going to check shove queen, jack, of diamonds. We're I didn't say that. No, no, I'm just... I was yeah. going to add them, and right. I'm taking them back. That's all. Are there, are there also, like, gut shots we can really have here with, like, big, big gut shots? No. Because, like, king, nine, of diamonds seems a little absurd for us to be opening. I think maybe one. we can have ace, jack, and ace, king of diamonds. Maybe. Although, he, we did call 2x the pot on the flop. But we might decide that hand is just too good to fold on the yeah. flop. Oh, no, 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 no. There's only one diamond on yeah. the flop. We're never calling that hand yeah. on the flop. Yeah, we can't have that. So, it's jack, nine, and king, jack of diamonds only? Yeah. And even then, I'm not even sure if we show up with those on the flop. We might fold those, too. We're open-ended, but is jack, nine really going to call? It's open-ended only with a back door out of position, 2x pot? It's going to call? Okay. I'm not saying this is a good reason. Okay. I'm just exploring still. But based on what we just did there, we only have two combos of semi-bluffs and 11 combos of strong value. Maybe we have ace-queen as a semi-bluff. What are we, so we're trying to fold out aces? Kings. I guess we're trying to fold out kings mostly, right? Trying to fold out kings and aces sometimes, and... Against kings, at least we have some outs. Ah, uh, okay. That's a really interesting thing to even bring up as a possibility. It seems sort of insane. I know. But no, I know, I know you know. I'm saying it more for the audience. Um, seems crazy to do that in that this is a, a hand that plays so well as just a value calling hand. I agree. And with this line. And it also seems crazy to try and move someone off an overpair. Although this is this is the kind of line that you could do it with. Yes. I, I mean if, if your if your range is actually the range we outlined, then you're supposed to fold an overpair. Agreed. Agreed. But you have to have your opponent needs to know this too. I know, but we're on TV. So like this is for future stuff too. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I almost would rather do this with a worse hand though. Like I'd rather do it with like two jacks than ace queen. I don't, less I don't equity. agree. I oh, don't good. agree with that. Oh, good. I might rather do it with ace-10 than ace-queen for that reason, but I mm-hmm. want to consider it a semi-bluff more than a pure bluff, and two jacks only has two outs no matter what against the... Ace-queen does block some things, too, more than jacks yeah. does. That's actually maybe the reason to do it. But an ace-10, like if he has kings and he decides to call, we have five outs instead of two. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and we do block things. Like, we block queens, so it's hard for him to have top set, and we block aces. That's good, too, yeah. with ace-queen. But deciding, like, oh, I don't have the best hand, I have to turn this hand into a bluff, when you have a hand this strong, just seems... I mean, you can have a best, the best hand sometimes, and yeah. at that point, you get to win, and you're happy to win, yeah. because it's part of your semi-bluffing range, because you're happy when they fold when you have king-jack of diamonds here, right? 
Right, but the reason why you're happy when you fold is because you don't actually have value. When right. you have ace-queen, that means you fold it out of worse hand almost always. You're not happy when they fold. Sometimes they fold out, you fold out of worse hand when you have king-jack, like this time if he folds. Okay, that's true. That is true, but that is not... Like, if you knew... Like, if the guy turned over his hand, right, and you didn't turn over yours, you have king-jack, you're still happy to get the fold pretty much... I guess, I guess if you can see what he has and he has six high, you're yeah. actually happy just to call. But, like, against this guy's range, king-jack is losing, right? Yes. Against this guy's... I mean, against this guy's range, ace-queen is probably not losing. Of his calling range? Of his folding range. Of his folding range. Yeah. I don't know. Queen, ace-queen is almost always beating his folding range. Why would we want him to fold? Why would we be happy for him to fold? We want him to fold king-queen because we could say, yay, we did it. That's horrible. That yeah. goes against everything you and I represent. I know. I'm just trying to I know. imagine... Think, taking th- shots. Thinking of pairs as semi-bluffs, not pocket pairs, but pairs that can improve more easily as semi-bluffs in spots where, and I'm trying to take a long view here. Yeah. He's this extreme game theory guy, right? Like that's his whole thing is game theory. Yep. So from his game theory perspective, he is too value heavy on his check shoves here. I mean, I, I really hear what you're saying. I think ace-10 is a way better candidate for this than ace-queen. Way better. King-10 and ace-10 are way better than ace-queen. He, I guess he can have King-10 or King Ace-10. 10 suited? He can have Ace-10 suited for sure. Yeah. But I don't really like it for those either. And I think I think what's happening is we're sort of tying ourselves into knots a little bit, trying to figure out how this could be good because we're giving Christian sort of immense respect. Right? Yeah. Which is great. And I think he deserves it. But I think it's something much simpler than all this. I think it's Hashtag King is terrible. And he knows this. And he thinks... Look, every time this guy has me beat, he's going to shove the river. And I think he's probably not going to fold his whatever the heck he has either because he's ridiculous. Maybe. That's what I think it must come down to. And maybe also, like, this guy's all machismo, and so he doesn't want to fold. So yeah, I'm not saying this is... I still don't know if this is a good decision because I'm still worried about folding out all his bluffs because the machismo thing is about often not having it and being like, I did it, you know? So I don't know, but like Soto must believe that like hashtag King is really going to call him with the hands like ace 10 and two nines and stuff like that. He must believe that. Otherwise, how can this be a profitable shove? Yeah. Jacks. He just thinks these hands are calling. Maybe so. Maybe so. I tried to explore the game theory element there. No, I, I mean, I'm glad you did because I don't know. I, I was wondering if we were going to come up with something where we could sort of defend it just from a theory point of view. And Maybe Soto, I mean, if we had Soto on the show, and by the way, it's not impossible to get Soto on the show. Um, he might have a really good reason for this where he can explain it. Maybe we should even contact him and ask him. I'm, I'd be curious to know yeah. if, he, if he's willing to talk about it. He may, that may be like state secrets from his right, point of view. Right. Um, because the fact that it's got us so befuddled may mean like, why would he want to tell anybody? You know? Right. Like, it's kind of cool to have something that like, we don't understand at all what's going on, <laughs> basically. <laughs> unless, unless it's as simple as, it's just this guy. This guy's the worst. And you know, you you like I've seen you go nuts for like 150 blinds with one pair against certain players, right? Yes. There's certain guys you do that with. Yes. And it's fine. And uh, but I'm usually calling. But not always. We have our famous example that we bring up once in a while, where you shoved you had King Jack and you flopped top pair and you got like however many blinds in against the guy Steve who called with the gutter against you. Yeah, that's true. How many blinds was that? That was a tournament, but 140, 140 blinds on the flop, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you had one pair King Jack and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're going to call. Yeah. And you shoved. (laughs) He called with like six high or something. Yeah. He had a gut shot. (laughs) Only a gut shot. No flush draw. Actually, that's not what happened. Oh no. 
I raised to induce and he shoved. Oh, is that what happened? Which is very different. That is completely different, actually. Yeah. But then you insta-called, in yes. fairness to you. But no, that is really different. You're right. Um, but the point is, you're gonna, like, you wouldn't do that against a lot of players. No, of course King Jack. not. Like most players, the standard play is to call down with King Jack, right? Or to call and decide what to do on later streets with King Jack, right? Because you have one pair, and if you give them this kind of action, they're usually just going to fold good hands that are worse than yours. Yeah. It's possible that that Soto is putting hashtag king on a certain skill level where hashtag king is kind of figured out, like, when you check shove, your, your range is really thin. Like, you only have nine combos or maybe 11 combos of true value. Like, maybe hashtag king knows that much. <laughs> I <but> doubt it. <laughs> well, let's assume he does okay. for a second. Or assume that Soto thinks he does. Okay. And so Soto's check shoving because he knows hashtag king is going to call everything downable because he's an FU player who thinks that way. He's like, well, you don't have enough value and screw you. I call. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there is an interesting piece to it from Soto's point of view, which is if he thinks hashtag is going to be the the screw you guy who's going to call a lot where Soto's like, well, if he has kings, I know he's shoving the river. He's going to shove the river. Yeah. So... It actually doesn't matter if I'm beat and I check raise. It's only about can I get calls if I check raise. Right. But I guess if we think hashtag king has a lot of showdownable hands that he's just going to check the river back with that we won't get any more value out of that he mm-hmm. will call if we shove. That makes sense. Right. Like if he's going to call two jacks but check back the river. Right. Which is not crazy to think that he might do that. That makes sense then. Right. If but we're he targeting has to call. Those hands. But we have to believe he's really going to call. Yeah, we have to and believe that. And we just that. shoved 350 blinds over his, his pot size bet after he 2 x the pot on the flop. Right. <laughs> like, two jacks should not be good there very often. No, but maybe On a we, dry board, Maybe by we the just way. think he's going to call with that hand, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it must be. It and must be. We think he's going to call with that hand, and we think he's going to check back on the river with that hand. Right. And other hands like it. And so he's like... I, it's, it's actually the opposite of a game theory disaster, right. right? Because it's a game theory disaster for me not to shove because he's going to bet every hand that's better than mine. Guaranteed he's shoving kings, yeah. unless an ace comes off on the river or a queen pairs. Right. Unless I improve, he's shoving kings and he's freaking checking back jacks and, and probably even king queen. So that's why a, not shove? That's the best reason. That is the best reason. The problem, but you have to believe he's going to call with those hands. Otherwise, it's still right. not a good reason it's, because you got to keep the bluffs alive. It's hard to. We're have, talking about it from a pure value point. It's of hard view. to think of him calling with those hands, but maybe this guy does. You know. But also, it's it's a combo of not just he has to call with those hands. We're also giving up all the potential equity from him bluffing the river, and this is a crazy guy. Yep. So that's sort of nuts too. Like by the way, if Soto calls here, right? Um, now we know he shoves, but if he calls here instead, hashtag's going to shove almost all brick rivers, I would guess. Yeah. With his six high, he probably is supposed to, except he's not because of the way this hand is played out, because of the two X spot on the flop bet and call. Yeah. But but besides that, like he probably, if it was a normal bet on the flop and reasonable bet on the turn, he's probably supposed to bet really big on the river with this hand. This is supposed to be like, well, this is the very bottom of my range. I have to go for it. You know. I guess so. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I would guess that hashtag probably is going to bomb the river. Probably. Anyway, so now that Soto has moved in, should hashtag king call? Well, let's take a moment. So he's getting, in theory, the right price, right? He's getting three to one. No, two to one, excuse me. Yeah, it's uh, a little better. So it's 6,500 more to call, basically. Yep, and there's going to be, what, over 13,000 in there, for sure. Yeah. It's like 13,500 or something. Yeah. Okay, how many outs do we have if everything's clean? 12. Right. 12 outs. It's this not is good not enough. good enough anyway. It's supposed to fold. Yeah. So after all that stuff, I was saying as, a, as if you were supposed to call here. 
I guess because hashtag calls so quickly yeah. that I just assumed that the odds had to be right. I never actually did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even good enough. We need 15 outs to call. If we were open-ended, we could call here. We can't call with the gutter, which is... So his sizing didn't even price him incorrectly. No. So he made a mistake to call. He's not even supposed to call these hands. Wow, this, again, makes me wonder. I guess this is the thing, though. Soto's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's just going to call. He's not supposed to call. And especially if Soto has what he's repping, which is a set. Like Yeah, it's room, even worse. Yeah, it's worse. That's a good point. Wow. It's amazing that the difference between 12 and 15 outs is really the difference between fold and call in this spot. Yeah. But it is, right? It's like 12 outs means you have to get, you have to, you know, you're 25% or so, and 15 outs means you're like 35%, 33%. It's a big difference. It's a, that 8% is, you know, that's the difference between profit and loss right there. So this is just or a break even and loss. Mathematically bad call because it's not like we can be ahead ever. We have six high. Correct. Now, hashtag King believes that they're going to run it twice and they do run it twice. Yes. So maybe he thinks like, I've already invested so much, and most of the time I get my money back, which is true. Not most of the time. Um, you know, not most of the time. 66, and then you one-third is 66. You know, a little more than half the time he gets his money back. Yeah. Like 55% or so he gets his money back. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. A little, little better than 55. 50, yeah, right around It's there. a bad call. This is just a bad call. This is a terribly played hand by hashtag the entire way. Yes. On every street. He's actually played this hand badly. Yes. We don't like any of his decisions. Correct. That's incredible. That's yeah. really rare, even for the bad players, for us to... Yeah. Usually, like, we like at least one decision. Some Usually, it's pretty... They're, like, usually, they just are forced to make a good decision. But hashtag somehow... I guess they were deep enough. He wasn't ever forced to make a good decision. <laughs> we had that hand about a month ago called a rash of bad decisions, where yeah. each player, there were three players, each player made at least one really bad decision, but they also there were also at least some good decisions by each player within the hand. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. So, yeah. Like, how about that? But this is like every single... He made four decisions, and all of them were bad. Yep. This is the nature of no limit. This is why pros love playing no limit, right? Like you can make, you can, it, it magnifies the bad decisions Which that is, someone can make. It's so interesting that you, you bring this up sometimes, like the monster stack at the World Series of Poker, for example, yeah. which is a tournament where you get more chips than you're usually getting a $1,500 World Series of Poker event. And a lot of amateurs play it because they think that's good for them. Right. But it is not. No, of course. It just it means their mistakes are magnified. That's all it means. It, it means too. It means that, and it also means that the pros have more time to wait them out and let yeah. them make those big mistakes. Right. It's absolutely better for the pros. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that that's the tournament that that yeah. attracts the most amateurs. Yeah, because the one they, where they have the least chance to do well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like amateurs don't know, it, but what they really want is like everyone to start with ten blind stacks. Yep. Because that's their best chance. Because they're not going to make that many mistakes. I mean, they're going to make clear 10 blind shoving and calling mistakes. But it's harder for them to make a mistake, right? I mean, some of them are going to do some, some bad stuff where they're going to like raise it to, they're going to open and fold and things like that. But mostly people are going to know to go all in or fold. And even that alone cuts out a lot of the problems. Right. They're going to be bailed out of their mistakes a lot more frequently too. When you're 300 blinds deep and you make the mistake of like calling a, uh, after you've three bet with aces, calling a check raise and then a big bet and then a shove on the river, with one pair when right. it's like the guy has a set every time right. in this spot early in the tournament, that mistake is so avoidable, but they're doing it anyway. Right. Whereas and the 10 have... blind mistakes, like maybe you shove Jack nine suited under the gun with 10 blinds and that's a mistake, but like you get bailed out sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also even, if, even forgetting about a 10 blind tournament, which doesn't really happen very often. Right. But like a turbo kind of a thing where you very quickly are c- cut down to like 40 blinds, 
you know, after like two levels or something like that, which in some of these tournaments is 40 minutes in or something or an hour in, you know, then like you have aces and they flop a set. It's perfectly fine to go broke. You're kind of supposed to go broke versus you had 300 blinds. What are you doing? Right. Like fold the fricking turn already. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, or fold the river, find a fold, but like you're supposed to go broke. It's only 40 blinds. Like, absolutely. And like, so you don't, so you're not screwing up on a place where, you, but, but the problem is that the amateurs play those hands the same, regardless of depth of stack yep. and pros don't. And so like, yeah, but it's, it's funny that they think like somehow more chips is better for them. Right. It's so incredible. Anyway, monster stack. That's the, that's the good tournament. That was a good tournament. It's a good one to play. They got a new one this year called the double stack. Yep. It's a one K with twice the chips. Of oh. oh, it's going to be juicy. Oh, that's me. We'll be there. <laughs> say, oh, we're going to be playing that Come one. say hi. Yeah. Come say hi. Definitely going to play that um, one. Anyway, by the, I don't think I mentioned, but Soto wins both runouts. It, oh, like, that's right. Ace of clubs and then I think deuce of clubs. Deuce of clubs, yeah. Just bip, bip, and hashtag king loses $10,000. Yay. <laughs> Jen Jonathan's happy. Score one for the good guys. Yeah. That guy is, uh, I think he's still alive, but probably has no money. He I, might not be alive, though. Someone absolutely might have killed that dude. I think we would know about that. I don't know, man. You can keep that stuff quiet for a while. <laughs> Have you never, you know, weren't you saying he was trying to like use his watch as collateral to get a loan at the table later on or something like that? Yeah, this was, um, this was, I think during the Sean, this was the Sean Deeb time, mm-hmm. right? In that same, uh, session where I think it was the, it was like a half hour before Sean Deeb was one of the people who was going to lend him money. He ended up taking, takes out his phone, his watch, all these things. And is saying, yeah, like give me like $12,000 or something like that. And here's my collateral. And then, Someone said, the table is like going back and forth and all. Someone finally says, well, what if you, but dude, I'm worried about taking your stuff. Like, what if you can't pay? He's like, oh, I don't care about that stuff. And like, everyone realized like, oh, it can't be worth anything. Yeah. Like, what's going, this is weird, you know? And then everyone bailed on it really quickly. Like, he like, the scam didn't work that time, hashtag. And then, you know, ultimately he did get like busted. I think by Sean Deep in that, in that hand even. I think Sean took him for everything, but, you know, still he's a horrible person. And I'm <laughs> saying if someone had killed that dude, uh, they probably would just bury him in an you know, unmarked grave somewhere in the forest, and uh, it'd be a while. Just be a while before you hear from him. It sounds a bit like a confession. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like. What does what what does a confession even yeah. sound like? Well, since we're at the end of the podcast and yeah. we don't have anything else to talk about, if you're still listening, I have another thing I want to talk about. Oh, really? Yeah, just for fun. Okay, because it made me think of it when we were talking about how like a lot of amateurs or bad players will. We'll make mistakes, and I don't want to necessarily associate amateurs with bad players because some right. amateurs are very good players. That's absolutely so correct. So what I mean is, you know, recreational players. I think that maybe that's a better way to say it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Rather than amateur, because um, they're good amateurs. So there are some very good amateurs. There are some amateurs who are super tough and you never want to play with. Right. So recreational players who are just okay. like kind of touristing, like I'm going to play one World Series event yeah. a year. It's going to be the one where they give you the most chips. I barely play poker. I don't know what I'm doing. That And also just bad players in right. general, right? Which and is not the same as amateur. Because no. also... Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. There's, by the way, they're bad pros. Not for long, but... Yeah, that's true. You can't really last as a pro. You can't. It's very hard in poker to even be a pro. Especially the these days. Place. Yeah. It's even harder to last now. Yeah. Um, but another point I want to make is I hear from a lot of players who are kind of in a ascension. Like, I talk with a lot of poker players frequently in my life. But players who are in ascension are like... Like, they're, they have a general understanding. They're starting to get it more than the average player gets it. And I, I hear so frequently... I'd rather play against pros and good players than bad players because I right. know what they're doing. Right. And that is such a wrong thought process. Yes. And it just, 
That's someone who hates money right there. It's, saying but that. it's not it's not exactly that. It's it's interesting to me. Where do you, where do you think this thought process comes from? Because you hear it over and over again, right? From like the same level of player, right? Like the 70th percentile player who's like starting yeah. to really get it and sees a future in poker. They somehow it's be, well what they're really saying is I just got bad beated, right? That's that's code for I just got a bad beat. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it they, is. Or I feel like I run bad in life. And I want to lose in predictable ways in ways that make sense to me rather than lose in ways that don't make sense to me. Okay. Um, I want to lose them to people I respect versus to people I don't respect. But mostly, I don't want to lose. And it feels like some days the amateurs just beat my brains out. And so, sorry, the recreational players, whatever, beat my brains out. And it's not fair because they're bad. And so maybe maybe what I need to do is play with the dials and play against better players because then that'll work for me. I think that's all it is. They're wrong, by the way. Right. It's It's always always worse. It's always better to play against the guy who's going to put in 300 blinds in the beginning of a very long tournament with one pair. Right. It's always better to play against that guy. It's okay if he beats you sometimes. Yeah. That's That's how you make all the monies. Well, let me... Okay, let me give a hypothetical example that maybe is a different explanation as to why they feel that way. Mm. Like they're at the point where they understand on a queen nine, four flop. If the big blind check raises, they're not supposed to have a nine, right? right? Like that's a clear check calling hand, unless there's a very specific dynamic going on mm-hmm. and the nine ends up pairing and the guy goes all in the river and they call with aces. Cause they're like, well, it has to be a bluff or he's overvaluing a queen because who check raises a nine on this board. And then they have a nine. Yeah. Like that scenario I think mm-hmm. is what they're, they're talking about. They're like, I don't get it. They're not supposed to have a nine. So I'd rather play against a person who knows they're not supposed to have a nine so I can know they don't have a nine. Like, I think it's, that's part of it. Yeah. So what they're saying is they want to play against predictable players but who are worse than they are. That's what they actually are saying they want. Either worse or at least they can understand where that player is coming from and they can have them in that spot. It, it goes against the very nature of poker, what they're saying they want, Right. The whole point of poker is deception and hiding information. Yeah. So something you and I have sometimes kicked around on this show and, and outside this show is the idea of check raising with different kinds of ranges sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we see Negreanu doing this right. effectively uh, against good players because they put you on the wrong kinds of ranges. Although right? Negreanu has just posted his second yes. losing year in a row. I know. But, but, um, but still, one, it, it'd be hard to argue that Negreanu isn't one of the better players in the world. Right. Um, so... So like saying it's almost like me saying, well, I want to play against Grant because when Grant check raises me, I understand what's happening more. I don't understand what's happening more because you know what I'm thinking too, and right. you're gonna and you have counter moves to that, right? Yes. If you're any good. So if I understand everything you're doing, of course I want to play against you. Yeah. <laughs> but that if, if you're saying that's what you want, I want I want someone who plays ABC. That's what Phil Helmuth always complains about, right? Like these people, he means the pros, right. but these people, actually the amateurs too, they don't do it the way he thinks about poker. They don't play in the way that seems predictable and obvious to him and he doesn't like it because it's harder to win. Yes. And, and, and when he loses in ways that feel unfair, which is ridiculous, anyway, but like he was ahead and ends up losing, you know, whatever, or some, something that he didn't see somehow that that's not okay because we like winning. We don't like losing. So we just want to play against predictable stuff when you've got a hitting, hidden information game. I think that's all this is most, almost all that this is really about. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to me, it is, it is the sign of someone who hasn't figured out poker enough when they're saying that kind of stuff like there's, or that there's more for them to figure out. Right. I agree completely because clearly if, if I'm going to play a bunch of poker in my life, which I am and I have, I'd much rather play against worse fields than better fields. It's nice to throw in a good field every once in a while because it's like a fun experience and you learn and you grow. Like I felt like that happened with the marathon with me last year at the World Series, which is a five-day 
very deep stack tournament Monday through Friday, so it's mostly pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, $2,600 buy-in. And, and I had like the toughest tables of my life in that tournament. And I think there were some softer tables. I just happened to be at the tougher tables. Sure. But that was a valuable experience to me, even though it was like one of the worst expected value spots of my life. You know, it was a valuable experience. Yeah. So I think there's some value in that every once in a while to grow as a player. Sure. But certainly, give me the bad players as often as I, as I can get them. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, Barry Greenstein, basically, who has been very profitable in poker, I think, for at least most of his career, maybe his entire career, basically said basically all of his money is off of bad players. Well, how could it be off of good players? He bets 100% of the time. Right, exactly. They eat him alive, but it doesn't matter. He plays a lot of whales. There was a guy who, it may have been Jack Strauss, even, who at one point was playing, he was like the seventh best stud player in the world. And someone was like, how does it feel to be that good? And he's like, it doesn't feel that good because the game I'm in, there's the six best stud players in the world are in that game. That's my cash game. So he's like one of the worst players at the table, you know? So he loses money, even though he's one of the very best players in the world. And that's good for like pushing him. Like you're saying, that's not how you make money. No, of course not. Well, you make money is to play against bad stud players when you're one of the best stud players. That's how it works. You know, that's how, that's how pros think, or at least reasonable pros think, I should say. Yeah. I apologize if I already told this story on the podcast. I think I might have just told to you, Jonathan, outside of the podcast. Just think about Barry Greenstein and his sea betting. <laughs> yeah. I, I was rewatching some of High Stakes Poker Season 1. He opened five, six of clubs, got called in four spots, ace, queen, ten, all red flop. He sea bet. I feel like you said this a week ago on the show. He sea bet. <laughs> <laughs> he really commits to that strategy. I mean, he just always does it. it. He always does it. It is amazing. Yeah. All right. We probably have to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. See you next week. And all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.